Welcome to The Offseason. I'm your host, Dr. Cox. The Offseason is an exploration of athletic health, recovery, and performance told through stories of athletes and their medical and training team. Now for a quick but mandatory medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general information purposes only and does not constitute the practice of naturopathic medicine or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice. No patient-doctor relationship is formed. Use of this material is at user's own risk. Listeners should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any conditions they may have and should seek assistance from their trusted healthcare professional for any condition. This podcast does not speak on behalf of naturopathic medicine and does not represent the views of the profession as a whole. Hey guys, welcome to season two of the off season. We're starting out with a bang here with Kenny Spracklin. So he is an athletic therapist and a performance specialist for pro and Olympic athletes. He has a compound here in Cal Bay, Nova Scotia called The Ranch. And it's an awesome place where athletes can come train, learn, grow. He really kind of mixes mind and body, finds imbalances and works them out for these athletes. So um, they're in great hands when they go there. Today, we talked about so many different things. We covered, you know, mental fortitude. We covered how to get the best of an athlete, how to recover from injury, just so many aspects. And he's a wealth of knowledge. So I learned a lot and I hope you guys do too. Kenny, welcome to the off season. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So just to like set the scene for everyone, I'm in like the most beautiful place ever. So Cow Bay, Nova Scotia. I just got the tour of the coolest facility I've probably ever seen for athletes. Tell us about this. How did this come about? Um, it's been quite a few years that I've been, um, basically bringing athletes on retreats, uh, you know, throughout the summers while I'm actually training them or in the off season for different athletes, I guess. But the whole idea and the notion of actually bringing athletes to, you know, a place to push them to certain limits and, you know, work on different movement patterns, cleaning stuff up, training them, um, and actually work on recovery or rehab, depending on whatever the situation was. And then, you know, throwing a little bit of challenge at the same time, stuff outside their comfort zones, um, something I believe in quite a bit. Um, yeah, so it all came together and then coming down here to visit some friends for years and, uh, working with a few athletes that initially that's why I came down here to work with a few athletes and then turned into friends and, just loved it out here. So it kind of reminded me of home, but with the ocean. So for me, it was a, okay, this had to, had to make a big switch, especially coming from Montreal. It's only a quick hour and a half like flight. So for an athlete to come from where they normally would come and stay for the summer to see me, it's not a big deal to come out here also. So instead of always renting certain spaces and not having exactly what I needed, uh, you know, all oh, the lake, I wish I had a lake, uh, okay, I have a pool, but I wish I had a lake or I wish I had turf beside the gym. I wish I had, so I just decided to build it, right? <laughs> it's a little like wonderland out here for athletes. So. It's a hundred percent is. I wish you guys could see this right now. Like, oh, the views are amazing. And then everything you have, like you just keep thinking th- of things in your brain. I, I wonder if he has this. And then you show that in the next piece of things or the next <laughs> level of the house. So it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, how did you come up with like the concept or the plan of this? Um, basically it's something, again, it's something I've done for a long time. Uh, I guess I probably started the first one about like seven, eight years ago and I took a group of, uh, football players. And then, um, just because I wanted to get more intense training, like more specific, um, and also, you know, <laughs> remove people from their phones, like, like remove from all the other elements that, uh, take people out of their, you know, daily routines and push them outside of, you know, just 
basic comfort basically yeah. is there wi-fi out here there is wi-fi <laughs> but uh, when the guys when the guys are going to be here for retreats i have a pretty strict uh pretty strict itinerary so the guys will like have access to their phone for like a half hour a day kind of thing and yeah. that'll be it check tinder um, around here and then they're done yeah, kind of yeah kind of maybe <laughs> but uh they, they won't have time anyway so there's no point that's fair <laughs> so athletic therapist for those listening like what is that um that that can get into a really long convo <laughs> but uh to keep it very short um basically it's a form, it's from exercise science. I studied exercise science, but with a specialization in athletic therapy. So you're studying like biomechanics, you know, a lot of anatomy. There's, I mean, so much, it's tough to just break it down by one, but um, essentially imagine what, and this gets compared a lot. Like a lot of people compare physiotherapy to athletic therapy. Uh, what's the difference? Essentially, we, we focus a little bit, or myself especially, um, I focus a lot more on movement analysis and then using functional movement or foundational style movements and, you know, muscle movement patterns to create different like, or to fix issues or create proper balances or, mm -hmm. you know, compensation patterns and stuff like that, that, you know, also a lot more manual. I don't really use too many modalities to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, I, just different courses that I've taken outside of athletic therapy as well, like over the years. Yeah. But what kind of stuff would you do like hands-on? Um, a lot of like muscle, muscle, uh, muscle work. So it could be from ranging from, you know, I'm taking, well, so many courses over the years, but, um, I guess the brunt of what I do would be a lot more like soft tissue work. Mm -hmm. So whether that be soft tissue release, active release techniques, um, some different muscle energy stuff, um, even some, some osteopathic maneuvers that you use blended with, you know, muscle work. A lot of massage techniques blended with acupressure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the list goes on with a lot of different, different types of stuff, but, um, that's most of the brunt of it. Yeah. Do you find like you take all of these courses and like, there'll be one clinical pearl in there that you'll pull and kind of adapt as your own? Um, yes and no. Like I do, I do really find that I get a lot of I have really like I can use my hands really well, but I practiced for years. So I, I've gotten a, I've developed quite a, a good touch and a feel for not just like the superficial like tissues and structures, but like below as well. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of that is a like good base of anatomy, but uh, knowing and understanding like muscle flow, meridian flows, like and even like fascial like connection. So from there, mixing that with. Uh, like a soft tissue technique or a passive soft tissue t uh, technique versus an active one. Yeah. So you can get different benefits from that. And it also depends on who you're working with. So to me, it's always, you have to read your, read your client, like depending yeah. on which kind of athlete you're working with, or even if it's not an athlete, right? Like mm -hmm. what's the goal? What, what are you trying to do with what you're, what you're working on? Yeah. And how open are they to kind of what you're about to say next to I find. <laughs> yeah. It's, most people, luckily for me, most people who've come to see me have seen a few other people or, um, they're, they're open to be like, okay, what's, what's really wrong with me? And usually what I do is it's very rare that someone comes into me and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's your actual problem. You told me what it is. Mm -hmm. No, usually you have to dive in a little bit more and you find that problem. Like they come with the result of an issue 
Um, so like, oh, your knee hurts. Cool. But if it wasn't a direct trauma or some sort of mechanism of injury that's known, mm-hmm. chances are that's not where it's coming from, right? Definitely. So. Yeah. That's a tough initial learning experience. And for probably most practitioners getting into their, you know, all the textbooks and stuff don't prepare you for real humans. No, 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 for sure. And like that goes into the biomechanics side, like if you're not analyzing movement patterns, then you can't really tie in the right modality to treat, Mm -hmm. whether it be, you know, even if you're going to do a traditional style of like an ultrasound or some sort of stem or some sort of whatever you're going to do, infrared or whatever, you still need to know that background because otherwise you're just treating symptoms. Yeah, definitely. And never getting to that root cause never really fixes anyone. Right. Exactly. What about these guys coming in guys or girls? What, I mean, it would certainly vary per sport what you see, but is it oftentimes like coming to get better or coming to fix something or coming? What do you often see? Um, I get asked that a lot, actually. But to be honest, I would say that I'm pretty 50-50, like, but it depends because in the summertime and off seasons, let's say for let's say in the summertime, it would be off seasons for most winter athletes, right? Um, typically not, not with COVID days, but, um, not this past year, but typically, uh, so in the beginning of that phase in beginning of off seasons, it's a little bit more, let's do some reconditioning rehab, you know, adapt, like mm-hmm. fix those issues, address those issues and build upon them versus the later phase of that summer has become into, you know, more conditioning fitness, and then even more performance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, optimal, optimal movement patterns, performance stuff versus, you know, someone who's not in an in season or, or any time, or maybe a, not an athlete. Well, Hey, they just want to get fixed right away. Sometimes it's a little bit more rehab right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of depends on first off where I'm living, yeah, <laughs> where I'm, am I traveling? Um, am I traveling with the team? Well then what's my role on that team at that time? Mm-hmm. Um, Luckily for me, I wear a few hats. So it's not just, oh, you're just a therapist. Oh, you're just a performance specialist. Oh, you're you're that mental coach. Nah, like you kind of combine it all. So for me, luckily, I get to wear multiple hats. So when I am with a team, which is a great asset, it's like, oh, I can I can do multiple things when they need to be done. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. For um, the mental side of things, how much do you see that play a part in injury management and pain management? Uh, I mean, honestly, I think, I really think that mental is probably the biggest asset. Like Mm -hmm. if people don't have a grasp of uh, mentally, like on, okay, the whole process, it's not really going to work out. To Mm -hmm. be honest, if you're going into it, that's with anything though, I think like if you're not going into it with like some sort of positive attitude or some sort of like, oh yeah, incentive or, I don't know, ideology that it's going to get better or that you're willing to do whatever it takes to get better. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get better. <laughs> it's or, not happening. No, something's going to happen or you're going to find an excuse or I don't know, something. Definitely. I don't usually work with those people though. <laughs> and do you ever like get to this, the point where like they're here, they're in it and you start to watch their day to day and you're like, you know what? I don't think this is going to work out. Uh, no, at that point I usually have like, I'll have like a sit down or I'll be like, okay, we need to chat. Mm-hmm. Like, so what's up? Like, usually there's a reason like, Nothing usually happens just because there's always a reason behind it. So I firmly believe that. So it's kind of my job to find that out. Like sometimes people don't even know, right? Like an athlete can be like in a slump or something's just happening. They're not, they're not scoring. They're not whatever the sport is. They're not lifting their PRs. They're not doing whatever, you know, something's happening. 
chances are if their movement patterns are good or if they haven't been injured, yeah, sure. It could be like fatigue. It can be like, oh, you're burnt out potentially, but usually that's due to stress. Mm -hmm. And then you have to analyze that stress. So look at all those five factors or whatever factors you analyze with, but, and oh, okay. Are you meeting all those stress levels? Are they in check? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's what I find a lot too, especially in practice. And I don't know if you experience this as well. Maybe I just didn't do an amazing job of, of breaking it down for a lot of people, but that disassociation between what your brain is doing and how these inputs are actually affecting your body and the connection between the brain and the body seems to be not a revolutionary concept, but definitely something that needs explanation for a lot of people. Do you run into that as well? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I mean, even I get it at some points, like I'm not perfect, (laughs) not even, not even by close, not by far. I mean, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just natural that everybody wants to kind of be reassured in a sense, like where they want to understand why. Um, and I think you should, like, if you're not doing, if you don't understand why you're doing something, then why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. So like that goes to rehab, that goes to everything. I mean, it's great to trust your therapist but make them tell you why. Mm-hmm. Like if, and if they don't know why they're doing something, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What about in those head spaces? Like I think maybe for some athletes, it would be always interesting to hear um, experiences that you've had. Like, is there a common theme that you start to see in terms of the mental aspect of things that a lot of athletes run into? Yeah, there's always, I mean, I find injuries usually tap into that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like usually um, if an athlete's like injured or, has seen an injury, you know, you see that a lot where, Oh, oh, I don't know. I'm not a huge, um, I'm not huge into CrossFit or anything, but, um, I've made quite a bit of money to be honest from, you know, a lot of people doing it incorrectly, but I love the idea of it. Mm -hmm. And I love the actual exercises, the pushing, the, the people who do it properly, the, I love that. I think that's really great. But you also see, um, so I'll watch the games and I'll watch all that because I just love that. Um, <laughs> the sacrifice that goes into it and mm-hmm. what they have to do to push um, the PRs and whatnot. But it's often, it's seen that like the, the athletes won't watch someone else do a lift that might not make it because mm-hmm. it's visual. Uh, and that's the same kind of concept with like an injury. If they see somebody get some sort of injured, uh, I'm sorry, some sort of like, you know, bad injury or oh, they can affect them in a different way. That, it's, it's so mental. Mm-hmm. Like, if you start getting into your own head because of something or whatever it is, whether it be some sort of physical issue or some sort of, you know, thing that you saw or someone's telling you, especially nowadays with mm. social media, or, yeah. holy crap, like everything that everybody's saying, like, that's pretty intense. So if you don't know how, you don't have some sort of outlet or some sort of way to deal with it or release, it's for sure going to affect you. Yeah. Yeah, I really see that too. And I think a lot of times with athletes too, they're so invested in the sport, which you have to be to make it anywhere, but there has to be some sort of thing outside of your sport or outside that we has to be managed as well, whether it be, you know, your social life or relationships or something that also brings you like a lot of joy outside of the sport. Hey? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And some people, it could be as simple as like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to meditate for five minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow a YouTube video for five minutes. Cool. So you stopped Whatever your mind works. from thinking about it for five minutes. Cool, dude. Yeah, you like, did it. <laughs> Do you like not to get into all of your tricks of the trade and secrets, but um, sometimes running into this in practice, I often find um, that explanation process or walking somebody through injury management and the headspace that goes along with it. Do you have any like tips and tricks that you use? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't even find it's a, a real secret. I'm glad to <laughs> tell every Let's single person <laughs> that I work with. Like it's, it's, um, and it's not even something that's just to me. I, I just find the biggest thing for me is always telling them that, you know, work, <laughs> like you just gotta like bust your ass and work. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I've literally almost, you know, injured everything in my body, like mm-hmm. from wrists and, you know, sprained my neck, my herniated neck, back, like mm-hmm. fractured hips, torn labrums, like everything, bone, broken bones. Like I've had it all, but I mean, I, if I can literally, and I'm just like, I'm just like a regular dude. Like I'm not, I'm not an elite athlete that competes in the, you know, at any kind of professional level. Mm-hmm. So if I can do all this stuff, yeah. Okay. I, great. Granted, I know a lot more about my, you know, body awareness and anatomy and, and whatnot, but if I can physically do certain things, anybody can do it. Just yeah. what happens is a lot of people don't have that drive or a lot of people don't have that willingness to like just sacrifice or just work like, man, stop whining about it. Just do it. Like, yep. Yeah, it's <laughs> so a- huge to, to push people to that limit or after they see that injury or go through an injury and then or see somebody else have an injury to just be like, well, you know, you just have to push through that. Right. There's a good barrier that happens. And then on the other side, like really good things happen. Um, what is your like words and terminology that you use for people? Is there like a Kenny <laughs> method that there's a, uh, yeah. One of my, one of my good friends, um, <laughs> one of my good friends, Gavin, he, we have some good chats. Like, um, we haven't in a little while with COVID and everything, but he's going to come at some point with his family. It'll be fun. But he used to be like a, an old professor at my university actually. But we had this convo, uh, this is years ago, but people being serious versus sincere. Mm-hmm. And I've taken it to, like, I loved that convo so much to the point where I've analyzed it um, quite a bit over the last, like, 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and broken it down in many different ways to apply to every single athlete that I work with. Because I can, within, like, I don't know, within five, five minutes of knowing somebody, I can tell if they're serious or if they're sincere. Now, to me, I just call them out because I have, I don't, I have no qualms with it. I, I don't really care. Like it's not affecting me if you don't want to win a gold medal, dude. Okay. Like yeah. I'll, I'll work, but I'm not going to bury myself and work with you, you know, 14, 15 hours a day, which I have in the past before, mm-hmm. um, for practically free for different athletes to get them to that. And it's, and it's work, but like, they're willing to do the work I am too. But if, you know, I'll be like, oh, are you serious, dude? Are you serious? Or are you you're not, you're just sincere. Right. Mm-hmm. So versus, and then sincere means like, okay, you think you're really doing everything. Like mm-hmm. you, you believe you're doing as much as you're, as much as you can, but you're not sacrificing everything. You're not giving up those like, Oh, that, that one cheat meal you did that uh, once a month. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's still once a month, dude. Oh, you went to your buddy's birthday. Oh, you went to, no, nah, man. can't do that you're not serious yeah that's (laughs) wild that's like such an intense headspace and I think like for that level of athletics that's what it has to be right there's not a lot of ways around that to perform at your ultimate best um and I would say like a lot of the population that probably listens to this podcast is like that's something to aspire to you know to try to hit that level um what about the differentiation between like giving it all you have and then like burning out um I find knowing your body, like personally, like, I mean, I've been through ups and downs in my, my body, my mind, everything over the years, like crazy. Um, 
so I have a really good understanding of my body mm-hmm. um, and mind. Like when I'm like, ooh, I need to just chill. Mm-hmm. So I need to like, oh, I'm taking a couple of days off. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm going to go hike. I'm going to go swim. I'm going to go surf, whatever. But I'm like, I'm not working or yeah. I'm outside. That just works for me. But ha- helping people understand their body and telling them, hey, it's okay. Hey, when you know that you're going down or oh, all your your weights are going out and you can't hit those weights anymore. Uh, for some reason you're dropping 10 pounds on your lifts. Like that, that's your body's way of saying something's up. Maybe it's nothing physical. Maybe just, yo dude, turn off your phone at, uh, at 5 PM and don't turn it back on till the next morning. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need it. Yep. That's <laughs> like, what's going to happen. You know, so- something so simple, like, okay, boom, finish your dinner. Whenever dinner's over. Okay. Turn out the blue lights. Like, mm-hmm. cool. Get back into reading a book, dude. Like <laughs> you become like a life coach to them here. Hey? Yeah. Essentially. Like I'm not a huge fan of the the term life coach just because I think it's been overused. And, Definitely. Yeah. Um, and like anybody can be a life coach, but, um, and to me it's until you've gone through a lot of sacrifice and a lot of like basically shit in your life, mm. you, uh, how are you going to be that life coach? Yeah. Like a, a proper life coach that can like really be like, yo. Know, this has really happened to me. And, uh, yeah, you're going to feel like that. Oh, mm-hmm. that that's normal. But, uh, that means you got to pay attention. This is where you're going to learn your body. Mm-hmm. So teaching someone how to be body aware and, Oh, these are the pitfalls. This is something you can use to help. Everybody's different. Someone's going to, I mean, someone may need to just lie in a bubble bath for, you know, 20 minutes every night. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do that for a little bit. Get out of your funk. Like, cool. Yeah. Shake but, it off. But you got to change something. Yeah. If you're not changing something, what are we doing this for? What are you doing? Like yeah. you're not going to get out of that funk. I agree so wholeheartedly with kind of what you just said and oftentimes we're looking to train and perform at the most elite level but not taking care of all of the recovery aspects. So like in my opinion your body's capable of the most amazing things, but you have to treat it appropriately too. So oftentimes, you know, even for the general population that's coming in to see me, they're training almost like an athlete would like every single day going to work after that raising three kids on the weekends like doing the weekend warrior stuff but then like not sleeping not eating you know full of stress all of the time so I think like um kind of just going off of what you said there making sure that if you need to step back it's not a failure it doesn't bring you back to that um place of not being serious about what you're doing it's just really keeping that body in check hey yeah yeah and ultimately like yeah if we bring it back to like that serious Serious and sincere, like at the end of the day, I'm a sincere guy now. I'm not serious anymore. Like it's not, <laughs> there were moments where, and I can get into that phase when you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're hundred percent right. Like in a sense, understanding that it's okay to take a step back. And if you fail, you fail. whoop de doo Like learn from it and don't fail the next time. Mm-hmm. Or if you do, okay, cool. Learn from that one. Fail the next one. Cool. Learn from that. Like, what are you going to do different? Yeah. Don't do the exact same thing. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's, it's insanity, pretty simple. Right? Like I didn't, I didn't create this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everybody's doing it that excel. Yep. People who excel do this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What about like for you as an individual? So I don't know if you've felt some of the same hesitations or fears that I have felt. So in practice, when you're training and treating the top of the top, um, you obviously don't want to screw anything up. You really, you don't want to screw anything up for anyone, but sometimes there's those fears of like, is this the best thing for them? Is this the right thing? Do you ever experience that? Yeah. One of the things that, um, 
so it's weird. Like I love fear and some people hate fear. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I love it. Like for me, it just reminds me of, oh, dude, you're, you're alive. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta, <laughs> it's real. Like yep. something's real. Something's happening. You gotta go through it or just, okay. Cuddle up in a little corner, but yeah, the fear of doing something wrong, especially like that's for sure. In the earlier part of my career, I was always like, okay, gung ho. That's just, I didn't ever sleep. I'd work, you know, mm-hmm. 16 hours a day and I'd just read when I wasn't working and just go, go, go. And, and I'm glad I did that because it, it also allowed me to try a whole bunch of different things and always progress. I look back at some of the programs I built, like, look at the, programs I built 15 years ago, like, holy crap, what was I doing? What was I thinking? But you evolve, like mm-hmm. even, even five years ago or two years ago, mm-hmm. like not one year do I do the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And sure, granted, I, I know what I'm doing and, and clearly I've done a lot of different, you know, continuing education courses and evolved and, but I still evolve. Like if I'm doing the same work every year, I'm doing something wrong and injustice to the athletes that I'm working with, especially mm-hmm. the elite ones. Like they need that extra. Right. So if I'm not creating, then someone else is, is going to get the jump on us. So that comes into that sincere versus serious part where, you know, if the athlete's willing to do everything and I mean like everything for it, mm-hmm. great. I'm going to up my game and I'm going to make sure I'm building them the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. And then, great. Let everybody else look at us and copy us. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a year behind us. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. They're not going to get what I'm doing this year. Yeah. Great. Look what I did last year. I hope you do. Yeah. I hope you follow it next. <laughs> like good. Yeah. I'm going to be one up on you like a hundred percent. Yeah. Where do you learn? Where do you grow? Like, how do you get better? So I, I like to read and I like to analyze a lot. So whether it be asking different professionals in different fields, like let's say just for example, hockey. So if I'm going to work with different, you know, different NHL guys or different players in general, then I'm going to analyze their movement patterns on the ice, not just off the ice. Right. So off the ice, I feel really comfortable and whatnot, even on the ice. I mean, I played hockey since I was four years old, so I I get it, but I'll speak with their on ice coaches or their team coaches or their positional coaches, Mm -hmm. because I want to know, okay, what, what do you need? Like, Oh, you need him to have a 48 degree angle. They don't know technical angles but they'll tell me this position okay great i'll analyze that oh so he needs 48 degrees in his hip at that moment okay cool he's only getting i don't know 38 okay great i need 10 more degrees oh that's why he can't do it because his foot's jammed Mm -hmm. what his foot yeah his ankle doesn't move like this so it means the knee tibial rotates like whatever Mm -hmm. right so that's on me yeah so that's where I can help in that standpoint. But if I'm not doing my homework and analyzing with every other coach, I just give you an example for one hockey guy. But, yeah, yeah. But every, every sport, sport. Every sport. <laughs> every single sport. So that's why it doesn't really matter who I work with. Mm-hmm. It, are you moving in your sport? Yeah. Cool. I can help you. Or do you a bowler? Good. I can help a bowler. <laughs> like, do I bowl on a regular basis? No. But give me time to analyze the movement patterns and, and analyze their body, their restrictions, their compensation patterns. Sure. Mm-hmm. No problem. Yeah. But it all comes down to trying it. Mm-hmm. I'll never give any athlete, any, any, any athlete, something that I can't do. Mm-hmm. Meaning if I can't get myself into that position, oh, then there's a problem. Something, something doesn't work. So that's another, you know, stepping stone for me to always keep myself in like, a, a, like at least a good enough, not physical like shape but physical performing like optimal shape movement pattern whatever Mm -hmm. 
so that I can not only tell them what they need to do, but I can demonstrate it the right way and then analyze how it feels on the body. So I'm my own guinea pig for all my stuff. Like, and I got to make sure it feels right. So whenever an athlete's like, oh man, this really sucks. I'm like, I know. (laughs) <laughs> like so what, i dude? felt it like, get through go. it you get paid for this yeah <laughs> like, i'm just go. doing it for fun right yeah. now so yeah. that, that helps that's pretty awesome what about um your training and your lifestyle like what does that look like on a daily basis <laughs> um it's kind of you want the covid version <laughs> uh, maybe both <laughs> <laughs> um so my typical pre-covid was very different i was um very go, go, go. Just, I mean, I would sleep four hours a day. Like that was just my thing. Like, I mean, my thing is just, I'm busy. Yep. So I always had stuff to go. So I've been doing that for, I don't know, four, maybe five, like when I'm lucky sometimes. Um, and that's just the grind, right? That That's just what I've been doing since what, I was 15 or 16, mm-hmm. whatever. It doesn't matter. But so like 20 years of doing that in your body, like actually like, okay, you get accustomed to just like, this is what you need. I luckily from a deep sleeper, so I can recover really quickly, mm. but not saying it's perfect, but you do what you got to do to like evolve in that, in the field. Um, so those are all kind of things that I think help out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not sustainable. Right. So like I could train really hard during those times, but then I need a little bit more recovery. Yep. Right. So like, okay, my weekends would be, and I'll have like, you know, crazy long days during the week, weekends, I'm off, I'm at the cottage, I'm hanging out, I'm swimming in the lake, I'm just chilling, Yeah. like wake surf, whatever. But even if I'm like running, biking, whatever, it doesn't matter. Those to me are like, those Passive. are energy gaining, even though I'm burning energy. Cause mentally I'm like, that's my meditation. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't really sit still and meditate, but I meditate while I do a 15 hour bike, like, you know, or I'll do something crazy, but that's kind of like my meditation. I, I know, justify or I'll manage my energy output mm-hmm. now with post COVID. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm part retired yeah. to be honest. Like this feels great. It gives me so much more time to like, but I still, I hate, I'll never be bored. Like mm-hmm. I hate to just sit there and do nothing. So for me, I pick up other things. Like I started a magazine, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so like a nonprofit magazine. So that's great. That takes some of my time. Um, but I get to train, like I get to literally train, like I want to train, which Mm -hmm. is amazing. So I'm physically training every single day, getting to do things that make my body feel good. And I'm feeling better than ever, which is great. That's awesome. Um, And then, yeah, you you tap into different things. I get to read on things that I haven't been able to. I get to like, you know, push through things. And honestly, I get to like chill. Mm, What does that (laughs) feel like? Um, Pretty good, to be honest. Like at first I was like, I don't know if I can do this, but change like your system for 20 years but i mean i just change it just transfer it with other stuff mm-hmm. i just need to be outside which which is why i mean i'm living here at the ranch like this is pretty sick like it's i the dream literally have the dream scenario yeah. where i have everything i could possibly ask for i can go sup and on my land i can go sup in the lake i can go surf right here like i can do anything i need yeah. like whatever i feel like i'll have to take pictures before i go just yeah. to like give a visual representation of yeah. what people are not getting to see right now um what about this magazine tell me about this yeah i mean it just started um it's something i've wanted to do for a long time but uh obviously never really had time um and yeah now i'm just it's great it's a platform for me to like showcase a bunch of different people in my network or just people that I like think could inspire others through their words, through their photos, through whatever their stories are. 
um, started out as an adventure, right? So it's basically adventure inspired. Anything that you're pushing the limits or educating people somehow, something about wellness, but blended into some sort of challenge or nature. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of grew. Like it, it became really cool and started um, working toward, I've always been involved with different foundations since I was like young, like, or I don't know, let's say like the last 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so just helping out. So this is my way of like, okay, cool. This is super fun. Um, it gets people inspired. It gets people to like share their stories. And some of these, like some of these stories couldn't come at better times at some point. So, which is really great for, for some readers, especially during COVID, which is amazing. So mm-hmm. Um, and it's free, right? So people can just read it online, which is really cool. Or they buy their prints and that's what the money that I get from those prints that goes toward the the foundation. So it's like a win, win, win. Yeah, for sure. It just takes a little time, but it's something super fun. So I enjoy it. Is there any stories that you have read through your magazine that like changed your life or blew you away? Yeah. Like luckily during, (laughs) luckily I I pick who I'm going to put in. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of already know what the stories are going to kind of be before um but then i'm always like i'm on the phone or chatting with the people when they when they're when we're writing it um so i get to read them all obviously before i put them in the magazine yeah but yeah i I love reading all that stuff like some of these are are really great and they're inspiring especially when you read them um when you read through them and and like accompany with some of these images sometimes it's like wow it really hits you that's how it all starts i mean I wanted to share my stories, but I just didn't want to be that guy that just <laughs> shares his own stories. It's like, that's okay, buddy, you love yourself that much? <laughs> no. So like, I always wanted to feature other people and like, I'll share my stories, but it's like one little blip compared to everybody else's stuff, which mm-hmm. is super cool. Yeah. Cause like among common people, oh, it's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. And like the feedback that you probably receive or like even from this podcast and stuff that like, it blows my mind what people take a piece of and like adapt it into their own life. And, um, it's so fun to do in such an adventure and like getting to talk to all of these people, which I'm sure you experience with a magazine too, is like, I don't know, the best thing in my life probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's super, it's not just rewarding, but it's really satisfying in knowing that it will hit somebody. Mm-hmm. And even if it hits one person, right? Like a story from one person that wrote like even in the last magazine in the last issue like if one of those stories hits one person great perfect which i know it has i get like tons of like messages back which i love to to get which i know like okay great we're doing something good here yeah definitely is there one specifically that you can recall that you're like you guys got to read this one honestly they've all been really great which is really cool like yeah i've had great great reviews on, I mean, I'm speaking of the last one, um, volume three, which just came out now. It was like, uh, uh j- just came out, which so most people are writing about that one at the moment, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's another one coming out really soon too, which, which is again, more focused on, um, women and empowerment of women instead. Like, so it's just different platforms versus like the last one was, uh, uh, platform more for, um, the blackout I called it, which is like trying to encourage and, and also like, promote that whole platform which is amazing and and showcase that versus the second one was you know saying showing showing how like women can be pretty badass and like heck yes uh, showcasing like uh an amazing like spearfisher woman like Mm -hmm. doing crazy things and changing her life like so things like that and 
And I know in the next in the next issue, it should be really, really cool. I'm excited for yeah, that. It's going to be really cool. Um, speaking of that, like, do you train a lot of women here as well? And does that look different than how you train guys? Um, to be honest, I have a lot of um, I've worked with a lot of women um, and women elite, like elite women. And it's just going to come. It's just going to grow. Like, that's my actual plan. Like, I really want to grow that side of elite sport mm -hmm. at the end of the day that's where you're going to see the most growth mm -hmm. i really believe there's going to be a huge growth in professional women's sports mm -hmm. um just the the performance side of it all mm -hmm. is going to grow so fast first of all just because there hasn't been that much you know money and and time or, or you know basically resources put at it yeah right at exponential whole, yeah so like it's going to be great but it's going to be really fun to see that all showcased here it's been covid so to be honest a lot of people haven't been able to fly in mm -hmm. um at the moment yet so that gives me more time to like prep everything make it perfect yeah like, like it's it. gonna be ridiculous like once covid is like the restrictions are over a little bit mm -hmm. um and the athletes are flying in and, and staying here like it's gonna be crazy that's going to be so exciting. I'm sure like you can just see yeah. the passion in your eyes with that for kind of training females before. So this is a lot of like the research that I do. Is there some sort of specific things we're supposed to do to train female athletes differently? And my thought process to it is it doesn't really matter if they're female or male. It's like the individual athlete sitting in front of you. Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. hundred percent. If anything, <laughs> to be honest, fem females are usually more into it. Mm -hmm. It sounds a hundred percent. Like they are in general, I'm going to say in general, but like way more astute, way more, okay. Eager to pick up on everything that I'll say, mm -hmm. um, because they truly want what's best for them. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily like cool, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. versus like, and when you get into like training groups of guys and stuff, it's more of like, okay, we'll push and we'll do our thing. And obviously like there are guys that are pushing to the limit and they're doing it for the right reasons, obviously. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially at that elite level. Um, but given, giving the women a chance to do that is going to be really great. I yeah. think you're going to see a huge surge of like, you know, like NCAA, a lot more emphasis on like women, female athletes from, I think from let's say 15 years old, even 13 years old, starting to put a lot more resources toward that. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, boys start, super early yeah so it's like why aren't girls doing that why are there not even like teams mm -hmm. like why is it a struggle to just get teams going yeah it's like that's just like a social thing like we're gonna you know that'll all change though yeah very I'm, soon i think i think COVID's actually gonna help it to yeah. be completely honest i really hope so definitely and those like initial factors like the ufc is starting to yeah. like cherish those athletes so much more and and it's so much more opportunity for us to take the research and actually like apply it to these athletes and there's so much opportunity to help and change and modify um but as you said it's just like the opportunity to like get in contact with these girls and make it happen right yeah yeah. Nah, look at, look at, we, we spoke CrossFit earlier, but like, look at the cross, the, the girls who win CrossFit. Are you kidding me? Like I can't do what they do. No. Like I'm a pretty fit guy, but no chance, like mm -hmm. no chance. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. absolutely amazing what they're accomplishing. And I mean, I think women have for since the beginning of time made amazing accomplishments, but just getting the, the funding and getting the, the recognition that they deserve. Hopefully yeah. it's coming to a point now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's coming. I think it's coming. Yeah. In my experience, like with a lot of the females that I work with, like 
tons of hormonal dysfunction based on too much stress to the system. And I think like we can see that in the male population, it seems to take a little bit more and it seems to be more like thyroid issues that we start to see. So for those females, I think I'm so excited for the research coming out, but I'm also like a little bit disheartened with a lot of the research coming out because it's almost like telling the girls that there's some sort of disadvantage to the cycle or that there's some points where you have to slow down and there's some points where you shouldn't train as hard and stuff like that. And in my opinion, like we just have to recover appropriately for what you're doing. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the emphasis just needs to be shifted. So like education, right. First off, like you're just saying, like knowing those parameters, mm-hmm. like knowing that that's just something that's going to happen. Like those stressors are going to happen. Great plan around it. That's mm-hmm. like a guy like mine, like guy like me, that's my job. Mm-hmm. So that's like the athlete doesn't need to be extra stressed. They already have to deal with more stress than a guy would, yep. right? Like just society, yep. like just doing what they're doing. It's just not normal, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, which is wrong. But so that's going to change. That's being transformed slowly. But knowing that great. I'll modify the trainings in a sense where they don't need to feel that they're very different. It's, it's not a penalty because you have to take that day off. Mm -hmm. Let's maximize that day off. Yeah. So now, Oh, great. Oh, you don't, we don't need to put load on your body. Great. But you can go in a pool, Mm -hmm. you can go in a pool and we can get a workout working on like, you know, some sort of accessory, you know, or complementary movement pattern or fixing some of those other things, which are non-impact or mm-hmm. whatnot. You can still spend six hours working on something else that day, yeah, 100%. which is not exhausting on the body. Yep. Brain exhausting, but cool. Yeah. Or not brain exhausting. Maybe work on breathing techniques. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Add some oxygen to the body. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, it's so huge. And I think like the more great trainers and the more educated people, as you said, that are working with these girls is going to be the biggest advantage in the world. Right. And I think too, um, some of the stuff that I see on social media are coming out is like, you know, deload the week before your period. But like, what if competition is the week before yeah. your period? Why are we suggesting that? Yeah. It just boggles my mind a little bit. Right. Yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. Like if it's not proved, like, no. Yep. Good. Okay. <laughs> like, what is that? Like, no. I hear like, you. Where, where's the proof and and all that stuff functioning properly? And then, what does that do compared to like psychological? Like, you know, there's all these things. Like, yes, I work and going to say like I work with um, the mental side of it all, but I'm not a sports psychologist. Yes, I've taken some sports psychology classes because I want to know what what I'm talking about. But I'll refer to like an actual sports psychologist when, when the time is like, right. Right. Like yep. that's, and I'll work with them so that I can fine tune those little like details. That's the biggest thing. It's the little details that matter. Mm-hmm. Like all the little details mm-hmm. when they're competing against everybody, they're all doing everything. They're all training hard. Yep. But it's the little things that are going to make the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. And separate them from the other athletes. Right. 100%. Yeah. What about nutrition and supplements and all that jazz? So I'm a, um, I'm a firm believer in like, you can eat what you need. Mm-hmm. The thing that happens is supplements. I am also a believer in that it could be very beneficial mm-hmm. if you have to. So in other words, your timing. Mm-hmm. So nutrition is very important, obviously, like it's very important. Um, and I always advocate proper proper nutrition. I work with so many sports, uh, sports nutritionists over the years, taking many courses, like many courses, certificates, whatever. Um, but again, analyzing what that person needs. Mm -hmm. So if they have a chef at home and they're a pro athlete or 
food at the arena or food at the stadium or whatever it is that they're going to, and they always have everything ready, they don't necessarily need to have supplements mm -hmm. if everything is ready. Yeah. Um, or if they're a pro athlete, they shouldn't really. But at the end of the day, sometimes yes. What happens is, like let's say a college athlete will most likely need a little bit more mm -hmm. supplementation just for the right timings of things. Because chances are they're not gonna get the right food at the right time. Mm -hmm. um, and there goes your hydration level. So, oh, your electrolytes are off. Oh, so there goes your, you can't get your amino acids in time. You can't, you know, like things like that. Sure. So then like, I'm also more of a, personally, I'm more of a plant-based kind of um, approach on like on me for personally, um, but not because plants are better for you. I mean, I've read the research, like crazy amounts of research. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't choose that more for, I don't believe like, Oh, plant-based diets, even though I'm plant-based, I don't believe the plant-based diet is better for your body than an animal necessarily. It's the source. Mm -hmm. It really is the source of where you get it. Mm -hmm. Like in my opinion, like where, what kind of meat are you getting? Yeah. Are you getting that cheap? Like, you know, whatever's on sale mm -hmm. and it's been sitting there and it's like, chlorine dipped and whatever <laughs> then you know what yeah it's probably not the best source of protein for you yeah. you know stuff like that but that being said if you're you know sustainable or if you're eating you know environmentally conscious meats and stuff like that great like that's perfect mm -hmm. good that's like fuel right yeah 100 yeah. like at the end of the day it's pretty simple you want to lose weight calories out mm -hmm. have to be bigger than calories in like mm -hmm. simple yeah but yes we can make it a lot more complicated and that's where people who are specialists come in come into play um but yeah supplementation is a big like uh should i be taking creatine should i be taking like my bcas like twice a day should i be whoa bud like <laughs> why why is the biggest question mm -hmm. i always ask that why so it's a big it's a big question right so it's a long answer sorry for the long no answer. no it's great <laughs> but it's, it's kind of like it's not an easy yes or no because mm -hmm. some athletes and it could be the same guy like it could be let's say we pick an athlete who is i don't know um a 19 year old uh football player mm -hmm. okay a 19 year old male football player who weighs 200 pounds they may have two totally different lifestyles or two totally different situational like livings mm -hmm. So the answer could be totally different for each of them, even though they're doing the exact same workout, which mm -hmm. they shouldn't, but let's say they're doing the exact same workout. Yeah. Let's say they're doing the same workout the coach gave them or, or whatever. Um, they could be different mm -hmm. because what do they, what do they have? Do they have a lunch ready to go? Do they have food that's going to be processed quickly? Do they have a high glycemic index food? Do they have low glycemic? You know, like mm -hmm. what's, what's going on? What are they going to eat at night? Do they hydrate properly, you know? So it's, yeah. you got to look at all that. So that's why I don't, like to give an easy I know. Yes I'm answer. the same way. I always just say it depends and then people get mad at me and then that's where it goes. But I, I just think it's so interesting of like, kind of, as you said, there's, there's no right diet, but there's a right diet for the individual athlete yeah. based on their, where, how they're presenting. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, even for like the general pop, like everyone's hopping on the keto train, everyone's mm -hmm. hopping on the fasting train, all these types of things. But like, we really have to sit down and be like, what is best for you and your lifestyle? And as you said, like, do you have 
food coming in? Are you eating food? Where is it being prepared from? Like all of these things have such higher importance than like following some sort of strict standardized approach to things. Right. Yeah. And then also like, what's your timeline? Like, mm-hmm. are you doing this because this is purely aesthetic? Yeah. Like, are you doing this because you want to be in a show or you want to like look good on the beach mm-hmm. for your, I don't know, 30th birthday or whatever your it is. Your canceled like, Cuba trip. Yeah. <laughs> like what, or is it, I mean, like, look, fair enough. Like if that's what you want to do, dude, mm-hmm. power to you. Like yep. go nuts, like yeah. load yourself up and do what you got to do. And it's not healthy. Yeah. Like go nuts. Mm-hmm. Like you're not hurting me. Yeah. <laughs> like Whatever, dude. But it also depends what your goal is. So just ask yourself why, like people, people tend to just be like, I just need to know what this is. Okay. But why do you want to do it? Mm-hmm. And if your why matches up to, okay, sure. Try Good. it out. See what but it does. Ask the right people mm-hmm. and they'll be able to let you know. Cause if you don't know, how are they going to know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. Right. And then I also feel like, um, in my world, so a lot of like sick athletes Mm. there's a place and time and place for like gut healing and gut support and like um you know hpa axis or stress dysfunction and stuff to support the body but again it all comes back to that why why are we doing this are you breathing no are you sleeping no are you doing anything to take care of yourself outside of sport no then we're not going to give you supplements like you just need to slow down Mm. you know so i always think that's fascinating but everyone's looking for that thing you know well everybody wants that magic pill that magic yes no Mm-hmm. right now done yep but like and that goes back to our earlier conversation around man just do the work yep put your head <laughs> I down i want to do, do the work. work i just want to get what it is yeah okay perfect yeah okay well that's like the <laughs> differentiation between the serious and the yeah. Yeah. i get you what about um technology and what you do um tech tech is really important like i do a lot of like feel when i'm treating right um so i personally I do like some technologies that come out. Okay. Like you've got the guns and you know, like the percussion and everything else. And you have like different, you know, the stims or compexes where, you know, you can get a lot of like good work on the body without physically being on the body. Mm -hmm. Um, but it depends on what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, you have to ask your why. So I do think they're really beneficial, um, in certain contexts. I won't use them in my treatments because what's the point of having me? Right. So in other words, like, okay, well, if you have me, then great. Use my tools. Like, mm-hmm. let's use my toolbox. Yeah. Like, why, why do I have to hold a gun for you? <laughs> like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, I can't feel what I'm actually doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can do that as a complimentary, you know, kind of thing. Um, but on the side of the performance and training, yeah, absolutely. There's so many different aspects you can, you can help with technology, whether it be, you know, grid training, like in a sense of like emotion analysis, like I analyze movement all the time. Mm -hmm. So those angles, like measuring angles and then speed or acceleration, you Mm -hmm. know, different accelerometers, like in their gear, like whether it be a football player, um, wearing it on his belt or hockey player, putting it on his, his pants or his skate, or even putting a little chip inside of a puck or whatever it is, right. Measure like speed of release, speed of like anything. Right. So things like that, even on skates, so, or a ball for soccer, like that's really cool too. You put those, like they have that, um, that little sticker they have and they can put it on and it has like a little chip. So it's really cool. So you can do a lot of measuring, um, stuff, just dribble speed and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So all these things go really well and together, even freestyle skiing, you put it on your ski and even when you're flipping, which is really great. That'd be wild to see. Oh yeah. It's really fun. Like, cause you can analyze it like really, really well. And then it correlates to like 
you know, I can, I can be on the hill with the guys and then I can analyze it on my, my phone. Mm-hmm. And I've done that before where I've even at, at the time when I was doing it, um, I remember doing it before the Olympics at one point, this is before the Sochi Olympics with one of the skiers. And, um, <laughs> and I put it in his jacket, like my phone in his jacket, set it up and put it in his phone in his jacket. Cause at that time they didn't have sensors. It was, but I had it on the phone with the, with the, with the app. So I was able to measure his torque measures. It was really cool and different axes, plane of motion. Mm-hmm. So things like that help me because I can see how fast he's spinning. Where is he spinning? Where is he landing? Stuff like that right? Yeah. off the, off the, the jump or the aerial. So stuff like that. Um, <laughs> so things like that are really, really cool. And then yeah. you add like nowadays we have so many really cool apps even that anybody can just use. Mm-hmm. So those things are really impressive. And even, um, I use, use a lot of like resistance or kind of like, like Kaiser machines. I used, I love Kaiser machines, mm-hmm. like, um, which are constant, you can constant resistance. Um, you can change it by like, you know, be super precise on your resistance of, of how much, how many Watts or how much power and Newtons that you want to really be basically cor- correct for or yeah. whatever. And then how much percentage of each rep are you really, you know, ma- manufacturing on every rep? Which is pretty cool. Yeah. And like so. such a difference, like to change over time too, to see that yeah. level of metrics. Well, it's data, right? Yeah. Yeah. What about like, uh, I know we're not there in terms of uh, research and effectiveness of wearables, but is there anything that you're interested in or? Yeah, I've used quite a bit. Like I've been approached quite a few times from different companies. Like I won't mention them, but like, um, and I've, I've tried their wearable techs. It's great. Like, um, honestly, some of the, like a lot of them are prototypes at the time. Some of them are out already, but um, yeah, like they're, they're really great. You can measure the same concept, like where you can from heart rate all the way to acceleration, to recovery, to like actual testing your, your, um, your, your, your skin, your, um, like temperature sweat, sorry. Yeah. Your sweat. So you can actually measure electrolyte imbalance and stuff, which is super cool mm. because great it's like you're you're a robot okay uh you're plugged in oh this is what i need cool replace it yeah <laughs> it's like okay that's where i'm at yeah it's like it's, it used to be oh step on a scale how much did you lose okay i need to drink that much water that's way back right yeah. but same kind of concept but like more specific mm-hmm. really individualized yeah. hey yeah. what about um is there anything that like you wish was out there in terms of technology is there a piece that you're just missing that would change the game for you um there are a lot of like yeah i'd i'd love to have a bunch of different things, but, uh, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't share, share all I of mean, your secrets. There, there's a couple that I've tried to create with a couple of different, um, companies. There's some that are still working on it and I don't know if it'll ever work, but a lot of it were, um, a lot of the things that I do want to have is neurological. So a lot of neuromuscular components mm-hmm. where you see things, but you see in two different planes. So in other words, you, you're focusing on what's happening in front of you, multiple things are happening behind you or sorry behind that mm-hmm. um so it'd be like a double screen effect kind of thing there's a couple of things that already exist now that work really really well especially with concussions mm. and but they're one screen like that's like the one plane of motion which is still 3d but it's like one plane mm-hmm. this one i guess would be what 5d or whatever it is Whoa, but like feature. you'd want it to be behind so it's like okay you have these things but you need another vision so imagine like a quarterback can throw through the haze right you know yeah so like you need to see a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of concept yeah. where you need to process information at a really quick level, but you need to react at the same time because something's coming at you. Yeah. So things like that, um, I think we're close. Mm-hmm. We're really close. Yeah. And I think it's, 
I know there's one company who's really, 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 really close. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't. I don't think they've announced anything yet, but I think they're really, really, really close. So that's going to be really fun to see. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of different things yeah. like that. That would change the game for concussion management for sure. I'd love to have a functional MRI that's like super simple. <laughs> yep. Like, and ever accessible to everybody because it's like, yeah, great. Oh, what do you have? And go get an MRI or an MRA, whatever, with mm-hmm. the coloring. But you're not moving. Right. So at the end of the day, it'd be great to have it when you're moving, right? Just yeah. do a squat. Oh, it hurts when you squat. Cool. So let's let's lie you down and put you in this tube and whatever you get your MRI. Yeah, it'd be really great if you just do your squat, dude, and we'll we'll film you while you do your squat. That'd be unbelievable. Like, for be sick, right? Everything that I do, that would change the game for sure. <laughs> yeah. What about um, like, do you have any advice for kids or young or parents of kids that are like, what should they be doing? Is there anything that you would advise them on or that they really have to start considering for these young athletes? Um, on a standpoint of uh, training, like training. performance. Yeah. And just like um, intent towards sport maybe as well. So one thing that I've noticed a lot is that in the last couple of years, I've had so many parents ask me to start training their, their children. And I say children because they're four years old, oh my God. um, like professional, like professional NHL players mm-hmm. or professional, whatever athletes. But in this case, a few times NHL, like for hockey. And I'm just like, Whoa, this is this is where it gets a little crazy to me because the more you train specific, like the more specific you train with all your, you know, fitness aspects, strength, whatever, you're going to be in a deprivation somewhere else. You're mm-hmm. compensating hundred percent somewhere else. Yep. So you're not going to develop the right, you know, coordination in other, other areas. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't make sense. Right. So, but I understand that people want to get a jump on the game because at the end of the day, if you're not, you know, scouts looking at you when you're 13 years old, it's almost over. Yep. Like how insane is that? Like, <laughs> it's what? insane. It's 13 terrifying. 13 years old. Like, I don't like, no way. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. I think I was playing like 10 sports. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I, I kind of, if I have to, then I play. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, make sure your kids are playing mm-hmm. and they're enjoying what they're doing. Yeah. If they enjoy it very much, like the sport that they're playing, whether it be basketball, football, soccer, fencing whatever it doesn't matter like as long as they're and even golf if they're liking it great Mm -hmm. and you can help them as much as they like as much as they want as much as you want perfect but just add something else Mm -hmm. they need to do some sort of other movement patterns because i've seen kids who don't know how to throw ball but they can stick handle like some of the Mm -hmm. nhl guys i work with yeah which is insane (laughs) it's insane like some of these some of the nhl guys are watching practices of these six-year-olds and seven-year-olds deking through these these cones and pucks and and they're like, holy crap! Like, mm-hmm. we that kids don't even do that. Yeah, like it, it's pretty crazy. But these kids don't know how to throw a ball. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you not throw how to throw a ball? Mm-hmm. They don't even know if they're right-handed or left-handed. Sometimes they're throwing. It's mm-hmm. like what? So there's a whole disconnect where when you're more specific, you're more likely to get injured, mm-hmm. obviously, and your performance will obviously go down over over time. Mm-hmm. So you need to address that. So yeah. let the kids play. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my two cents on that. <laughs> I love that. And what about like the headspace of kids? So in my experience, I see like a lot of anxiety around sports, a lot of performance anxiety, a lot of uh, pressure on themselves to do better. Is there anything that you speak to in terms of that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think pressure can be good. Like at the end of the day, like I think kids are too soft, mm-hmm. <laughs> like to be completely honest, yeah. people in general, but I guess it's just my upbringing, <laughs> but no, I, I really think 
that's okay. Like com- competition's great. Competition's amazing. Can be really healthy. Pressure can be really, really good. Yeah. Um, it's how you manage it and how you deal with it after. Mm-hmm. So like, obviously you're going to fail. Something's going to happen. Like, and if you don't, well, that's going to suck. Cause you will one day, yeah. like when you it's do gonna drop, hurt it's you real gonna bad. So it's like, it's okay to get those in my mind. Um, and you can push as much as you want, but it's how you deal with those things. So that, that's the biggest deterrent in like kids continuing later on, you know, like you hear it all the time. Oh, this kid was like the rank number one or all the best. And he just fizzled out or she just fizzled out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was driven away from them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like how you deal with it is how they deal with it. It's, it's, it's okay, but you got to support them in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. That's how I feel, but I think competition and, and, uh, is a good thing. Yeah, I think it's really good. I, I think it's good that people get beat. Like, yep. Yeah. Not physically necessarily, <laughs> but sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's okay. Like, take a beating. It's okay. Yeah, definitely. And learn and grow. And just having that opportunity to fail is probably the biggest blessing ever. Hey. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, man, this was like so informative. I love chatting with you. I could talk to you all day <laughs> for sure. I feel like we're two peas in a pod for yeah. a lot of things. Um, where are you going next? Um, well, I mean, right now it's kind of tough to say, like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see what happens with, uh, with COVID restrictions, this, that, whatever, to be honest. Um, on a personal level, I'm always training for something. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah, I'm definitely working on a few things. I've been working on a, a big, long swim. Um, yeah, a long, <laughs> Let's hear a, it. like a two week long swim kind of thing that I've been working on, but, uh, it's just been canceled for the last few years because of there were at one point it was just tornadoes and then another point COVID mm-hmm. another point, um, border closings now. Yeah. Like, so it's just been postponed, postponed, postponed for the few years. So I'm just, I'm still in it, but, mm-hmm. uh, mentally I've checked out a little bit, but, yeah. uh, I'll get back into swimming again and see if I can do it. One of the main reasons, cause I hate swimming to be honest. So well, it's just pushing I'm, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I have to do a bunch of things that I hate. I yeah. just like that. That's I mean, fair. I don't like it, but I like it. <laughs> you get over it at the end. You learn something from it. At the oh, end. I hate it the entire time, to be honest. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just keep just pushing. more just because it sucks. Yeah. What about for you? Is like there any um, headspace things that you've overcome or really worked through that has been um, an absolute game changer for you? Um. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I could go. <laughs> I can have a whole other podcast. I could have yeah, a whole other podcast just on that. Um, I find, yeah, I don't even know how to answer this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be per, like, yeah, I have, I've had so many personal, I've had so many um, business wise, career wise, for sure, for sure. Lots of different obstacles, I guess, that way. Yeah. Um, well, what about really business wise? Like, is there something that happened or is there an event that you were like, whoa, what a learning experience? Oh, yeah. I think the entire last 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's been some moments for sure um, that, in my mind, sometimes you lose yourself, to be honest. Like if I can, I'll bring it down and stay, you know, simple, but it's easy to lose yourself in doing something that you think you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, once you realize that it's not, that's not your goal, that's mm-hmm. not what you want to do. And this isn't what, who you are, get out. Yeah. Like it's, it's time. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that's 
get out when you're done, basically. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then what about those like self-check things? You you seem to be extremely self-aware and like know not only like physically but mentally too. What could people do to like start to build that or start to to really check in with themselves? Um, One thing I used to do, um, I would always like I loved scribbling down on paper and stuff like that. I used Mm -hmm. to be like post-it king. Like I'd have like I don't know. 400 post-its in my house, like on my counter, on my walls. Like, um, and then I realized, oh man, these are not good for the environment. This is years <laughs> ago. So then I got more sustainable paper or whatever, but I still like to jot stuff down because without writing it down, you have to be honest with yourself, right? Like I love the question of why, like, why do you want to do anything? Mm-hmm. If you don't know why you're doing something, don't do it. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. And like time for me is like, that's my, my biggest pet peeve in life is someone wasting my time. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Like I can't get that back. Like mm-hmm. no way. It's gone. So yeah, like I'm, I'm not wasting my time. I, I can't be bored doing something that I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. No, no, no. I'm wasting that time. Mm-hmm. I'd be mad at myself. Like, no. <laughs> so that kind of like write it down, write what you, what you're doing, what you want to do, just ideas. And even sometimes you have no idea, but just be honest with yourself. Look at yourself. I mean, there's a lot of people who have different like strategies and like different books. Like you can look at, you know, like someone who's like hardcore, like uh, like a Goggins, yeah. right? And he has that accountability mirror that he speaks about in his books. Like, love that. Like, I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, people, if people did that, great. Look at themselves and hold themselves accountable. Oh man, like I'm, I'm fat. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, oh man, I, I don't like this or, but do the same thing, but on paper, like about you, like. The paper's you like start your web, like what we did when we were in grade three, like, like, you know, write a web and put all your job, all your ideas down or what first comes to mind. Doesn't have to be right. Flip the page, do it again. Mm -hmm. Is it the same? Yeah. No. Oh, you thought of some other stuff. Cool. Yeah. Like evolve from it. What are you going to do from it now? You know, just make a little plan. Mm -hmm. Keep exploring. I find oftentimes I ask people if they journal, if they write anything down and they're like, well, I just don't know what to write. I'm just like anything, just anything at this point, you know, a couple of prompts here and there, but it's really like trying to figure out who you are and be real with what you're writing down too. Yeah. I mean, if you ask someone to describe themselves, most people have a hard time Mm -hmm. like, uh, well, and they have to think, right? just write it down. No one's asking you just take a piece of paper, write down who you are. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised. Some people are like, Oh shit, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't want to be that. And then do one where you're like who you are. And then do one where, what do people think I am? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you're a third person looking in or, or sorry, third person, you're set, like someone else looking at you, yeah, yeah. Person, well, <laughs> but like someone else looking at you. Um, and then what would they see? Mm-hmm. So it's, pretty cool like you can do a bunch of exercises like that i actually do a lot of those mental exercises with the guys like um when i'm on retreats by the way like a lot of really fun games mm-hmm. like mental games yeah. because yeah you find out a lot about yourself and then it's like oh well no i don't want people to see me that way mm-hmm. well, why do they see me that way there's got to be some truth in it mm-hmm. even if it's a little bit mm-hmm. uh, but why do i get myself influenced let myself get influenced that way yeah. things like that you know like i think those are really important to do self-checks Mm-hmm. Redo your blueprint, your life blueprint, blueprint. Yeah. I mean, if it's the same as what it was when it was 15, that's pretty sad. Like, yeah, it, it should be different. Yeah. Like you should check it like every year. I don't know. Mine's not the same as it was last year. Mm-hmm. Good, right? <laughs> yeah. Like if, if we're not growing, like what's the point? Mm-hmm. And I find like you explore so much too. So like when people come in and say, 
you know, I can't eat healthy or something. It's not food. Like we all know what good and bad food, well, like relative good and bad food is. It's like, what is the actual pain point? And when we start to write stuff down, we can really figure out like, it's because like when you get home from work, you don't want to cook and there's no groceries in the fridge, you know? So if you meal prep on Sunday, there's food there, you know? So you get to the pain point and then you fix the pain point and then you grow, you know? Yeah. Yeah, So it's pretty sweet. Um, Man, this was awesome. Like I could just keep asking (laughs) questions, but I appreciate your time and don't want to take up too much of it. Is there anything for like listeners that you would like to get out to the world? Like, do you have a message that you kind of due to your lack of social media, this is your chance to spread. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm not on much. (laughs) Um, at the end of the day, I don't know. One, one thing that I really like, like a saying that I really basically follow or, which is another reason why I don't post so much to be honest is I let everybody else speak for me. So if there's a message like I could leave to some people that are getting so influenced with like, you know, what they have to do or what they should be doing, like even social media in general, but like not even just social media, but in general, how they have to be, just, just do your thing. Stop talking about it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Like stop telling people you're going to do this. Oh, I'm going to do this this year. I'm going to, man, just stop talking about it. Just do it. Yeah. And then let people talk about it after because mm-hmm. they'll talk about it. You don't need to. Yeah, they will. So stuff like that, like just, yeah, I guess that's the message. I'd stop talking about it. Yeah. People talk too much. Just do it. Hey, I love <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. What about, where could people find you if they wanted to like reach out? Are you open to that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm on probably the easiest is Instagram, mm-hmm. um, which is just my name, Kenny Spracklin at, or at Kenny Spracklin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess the magazine it's, there's a link on that too, but it's just Spracklin magazine. So on Instagram as well, I just started it, which I don't do much on it, but at the end of the day, the link is there, which is spracklinmagazine.com. Mm-hmm. So people can go and read that um, for free. You just click on whichever issue you want to read. There's three. There's going to be a fourth one coming out soon, but I already have. There's another nine ready to go. <laughs> so there, there's a lot coming and just it, it depends on how much time I have at the time yeah. at, the, at the moment to put them out, but Definitely. they're all coming. I love that, man. That's awesome. I appreciate you. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Awesome. So that wraps another episode of the off season. Thank you guys so much for listening. We always appreciate that. If you'd like to follow along with us, it's at theoffseason.podcast. We always appreciate a rate and good review and share. The whole point of sharing this information and, and doing these episodes is to educate as much as possible. So if you think somebody else would really learn something here, we would really appreciate that share. 